Greetings and salutations, and thank you for tuning in to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched, we'll provide our own versions of the synopsis, have an open discussion and things that we liked, what we didn't like, and what we would change, while also ending with a favorite scene and a final thought. I am Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. And today we have a guest, the lovely, the most fantastic, the sexy... (laughs) Nick. Nick Slayick. Yeah, no, no. It's just me again. Today we watched <laughs> Zombieland 2 Double Tap. Double Tap. It's been 10 years since the zombie apocalypse. Oh my God, we're back again. And this dysfunctional family. Merry Christmas. Do you know what I would like? I don't give a fuck what you'd like. Has survived by using their wits. Please forgive me. It's fake fur. And by following the rules. Those are for pussies. Nothing personal. How could that not be personal? That's like. All right, guys. Let's start with our synopsis. Does anyone want to go first? Does a guest want to go first? I guess I'll go first. Uh, I took the pressure last time, so. Yeah, take it again. A group of new and familiar faces explore a post apocalyptic world of the confusion of love and the joys of murder. The joys. You uh you you put like this deep tilt on this movie that yeah. I'm not sure is there, <laughs> which is good considering the content. <laughs> I'll go next because okay. I I yeah okay it's Left for Dead, the movie, again. <laughs> um, my synopsis is lifelong Elvis fan fulfills his dreams. <laughs> my second synopsis: okay. cocaine costs money. <laughs> So how did everyone feel about this movie? I guess let's just start with like a general I liked it or I didn't like it. I will say that I was entertained most yeah. of the time. I liked it. I thought it was funny and the violence was entertaining. Also, I feel like objectively it's not a very good movie. Yep. No, that's the, that's the same. I, I was entertained while watching it. It's one of those movies that if you just want to relax, just kind of chill out, that's a movie you would watch. You don't have to really get too involved. It's... What is it? It's punctuated by different little things. So you, there's like a bunch of entry points that you could come in and kind of realize, oh, yeah, this is what happened. If, so. you're, if your focus drifted, yeah. you could just start watching again and you're good. Like, you're I, good. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, think, uh, I think this is something all three of us are in agreement in. Um, it was a perfectly fine movie. I don't regret seeing it. And I own the first Zombieland. I, I will probably watch this movie again at some point. If I snuck into your house and switched that DVD of the first Zombieland with this, would you be able to tell the difference? Barely. I mean... <laughs> it should be are, Zombieland again. It, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they called it Double Tap for a reason, and it was just because of rule number two. Because they're making sure the franchise is dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that good. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> See, I thought it was going to be a cash grab kind of thing because it's like, it just based on some of the commercials and trailers that I did see, it seemed like really weak, like they were really reaching. But I will say that I don't feel like this movie was really advertised all that much. Yeah, no, I agree. It was also kind of poorly advertised. I actually yeah. noticed some of the jokes that are in the trailer that seem kind of weak and eye rolly aren't in the movie. And the movie has better jokes it than does. the trailer had. Yeah. Which I'm kind of glad that yeah. they didn't ruin yeah. it. So I will say, the movie goes back and forth, though. There were some times when I thought it was very funny. And sometimes when a joke didn't land, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't funny. 
and then they noticeable. stuck with it for way too long. Like and what? So yeah, which well, one? I was kind of like, um, when they meet their doppelgangers, not the whole time with the doppelgangers, just the okay. scene where they meet and they're talking back and forth and they're going over the rules. Oh, oh no that. one in the theater laughed, but that scene goes on and on and on. And it's like, I mean, there were parts in I it see what you're that were okay. kind of yeah. funny, but it was like, you should just. The concept is funny, but nobody's laughing, so you should yeah. move on. Yeah. You should. I I will definitely agree with your your statement that I there were some jokes that I think fell flat a little bit for me, um, and I everyone else that was in the theater as well. You know, it was just one of those things where I just kind of shrugged it off. It's like okay, yeah, because yeah, it is totally was, fine. Because yeah. there are other parts of the movie that are hilarious. I one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, do we want to? Do we want to start at the beginning? Where they break the fourth wall. Oh. Uh, well, the whole... They you know, start the movie by acknowledging that it's a movie. That it's a movie. Yeah. Oh, the last time you guys saw us. Um, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the yeah. opening... It, it was weak. It was it was, very, it was yeah. weaker compared to the first one, because the, the first one at least pulled you in. And this one, yeah, you're they right. They tried to do the same thing with this one. I remember very specifically that the intro to the first Zombieland was so fun because mm-hmm. they had all of those like still shots mm-hmm. of like the zombie kills that were almost kind of like paper cutted out mm-hmm. uh, and kind of mixed into this like rock music. And this time they tried to film it in kind of like this slow motion Matrix thing, and it just didn't land for me as well as well, the the. They- they had in the first one a bit the slow motion stuff but it was the reason why it failed was because it was all on the one it was on the lawn of the front yard or the front yard the the lawn of the white house right right and yeah. it was just that while the other slow motion stuff it was like snippets different. of different things like yeah uh the firefighter the stripper uh the and then That's they went through a bit of the rules i felt like the Part of the problem with that introduction is that it goes on too long, and probably for the reasons that yeah. Ted's mentioning, because it doesn't change. It's just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing um, creative. I actually about wasn't it. sure that I was going to enjoy this movie for yeah. probably the first fifteen minutes. I did, though. It got it picked up a lot of when they're in the White House. <sighs> I have to yeah. say, the production design, like for all the items, it's like little iconographic sort of items that are just well placed throughout the movie. So it's like you knew like the mug, the No, the, they definitely the paintings, just like every little items that were definitely did an absolutely wonderful job I think with set. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. set design and stuff like that, but I I do think I agree with Richard that the the beginning was a little slow. It was. It was. Um I think because you're just kind of in the middle of nowhere with the story. Like these yeah. guys they parked they decided to like sort of settle down in a place and the characters were all i think they were i think at the beginning they were a little bit caricatures of their characters so like woody harrelson to me at the beginning he was funny later but at the beginning he was more annoying than he was funny he didn't seem like, like when he a, had yeah. his fit he didn't seem like a yeah, he didn't seem like a real believable person oh that's another thing like when like this goes back to the that joke that I think that's like when he's flipping out over Berkeley, yeah, yeah, that's my point. It yeah, goes yeah. on for mm-hmm. a really long time, and it's like, although it's funny I, that that's how he, he made that made me laugh though because he just started trashing everything and like breaking stuff. So like whereas when they're having that discussion about back and forth of the rules, it's just kind of like two nerds talking back and forth, right. and it was at the most like gigglish. 
Like for me, just kind of seeing Woody Harrelson walk around and like kick stuff and scream, it is just funny to me. It's just, <laughs> just inherently, just funny. inherently <laughs> funny. Just fair I mean, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I re- I enjoyed it. I I wish it was like more like split up with like her adding more details, and then he can't contain himself anymore, and then he does more. Mm. Well, but it was and still good. The, it you know they 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 spend a lot of time I think setting up the quote unquote main conflict which was almost the exact same conflict from the first movie was that the two girls all of a sudden decide that they're not happy with the situation and they leave uh and that's where my biggest problems come with the movie which again i was very entertained by this movie and and i've been kind of critical but i did i did find it very funny and very entertaining especially i want to talk about some of the violence later which actually the action pretty good for oh, yeah. for a comedy mm-hmm. um but is that the conflict in this movie exists formulaic. for no reason also. Yeah. like, Okay, so here's the thing. In a zombie apocalypse, there's no reason to get married, and there's no reason not to get married, meaning right. it, the institution of marriage means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Which, so for him to ask and for her to say no because of being tied down, none of that makes any sense. Their marriage is not going to be officiated by any kind of law-abiding governing. She could either just say yes it's, and their life is exactly the same, or he could not ask because it doesn't matter. For her, it had this very classic sort of real world in our world problem makes no sense. I, I, I see what I, you're saying. I see what you're saying. I could see from their point of view where they're trying to say that no matter what happens, apocalypse, zombie, you know, the end of the world, uh, the disappearance of, you know, the structure of humanity, that some things never change. I mean, it could just be the like, gesture kind of a deal. You know, but, it's like, like oh, but, this... But they... But they do. But they do. I I know. I know. <laughs> because it's, my thing is, it's it's not that she, it's not that her having a fear of commitment, for example, wouldn't be an issue, or him wanting a commitment wouldn't be an issue. But it's the fact. But they were already. They were already. Like, yeah, I was right. just about to make that point. That, right. That is yeah. no way different from marriage. It's so. For, it was literally just a title. It's right. finding like, more. But they impose on themselves. For yeah. It for was the finding sake a of a title, like, nothing. like marriage is just a title, except it is backed by law. Like it has all kinds of and benefits. Even, and he even noted he notes that when he's like uh, he made the point about divorce. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, we're not going to find any lawyers." Well, yeah, you're not going to find anyone to officiate your wedding, right? right. So, but even so, it's yeah. Uh, like know. she could have literally just said yes just to shut him up, and yeah. nothing about their life would have changed whatsoever. Yeah, but Whereas, it seemed like where they left off in the first movie, it. Uh, it was. It looks like they were just trying to find some sort of problem to surface. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, you so have to have like... something that happens uh, that motivates them to to do something, uh, and I think that was literally the only thing they could come up with. Yeah. The, the story writers. Yeah. Because I think uh, what if what if Abigail Breslin's character that was a more naturally building conflict. She wanted something else. She didn't want to live this life on the run all the time. She wanted she wanted uh, something solid, something more normal, because she was a very young person when... And she was by herself. Yeah. So and everyone else is more, like, they're older. Right. Yeah. So what if Emma Stone left, not because she was afraid of the commitment to Jesse Eisenberg, but she left because she just wanted to give Abigail Breslin that. Right. She, she was just like, I She's feel a, so connected to yeah. my sister. My You know, my they're not really sisters, but... That I'm gonna go and I'm gonna leave behind what I actually do like and what I enjoy, so that she can have this the thing that she wants. That that makes that gives the characters more. That's something that's that's in the characters' control and that makes them feel like more real people, as opposed to the writer just saying, 
marriage be scary, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, like, um, the, the central conflicts of things for each character were really loosely put together. Because, like, this is what I was saying about the entry points of just, like, the jokes. You could just join, jump in at any time, and you don't really need to know the underlying cause or the underlying reason for them it's like to a, do whatever. It's like zombie sketch comedy. Yeah. There's different sketches in it. Um, but I will jump to something that I, some things that I do love about the movie. I love the introduction of the T-800. I love that whole scene. Oh, yeah. Not just yeah. the T-800 itself, but that whole scene leading up to it when they defend the camper. Yeah. It shows how... Like, they're super badass in that scene. Um, they are very well coordinated, and they handle the zombie apocalypse like fucking masters. And then the T-800 is introduced in a really horrifying and, like, just, it is very, it's a very intimidating thing. Like, that zombie is clearly a problem, and you know it's going to be a problem. Speaking of introducing clear problems, we, we skipped over it a little bit by skipping to the T-800, but the introduction of our blonde bimbo... Madison. Madison. I like her. I like Madison too. Um, she is wonderful. She has a surprising amount of depth to the character. Yeah. <laughs> Hear me out. Every once in a while, like when she criticizes Woody Harrelson, she goes from being like this fucking dumbass to having this very sharp like observation about Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah. Or when she, like, is it? It's him that she's sarcastic to later, right? No, it, no, it's, no, it's, it's, uh, Emma, Stone. it's yeah. Emma Stone's character. Yeah, there's like this. There's something underneath with Madison that I really like. No, for sure, for sure, something sweet. <laughs> I actually would say something very conniving. Very conniving. Yeah, <laughs> I, no. I think it's. I thought. I don't know. I mean, she herself is a very sweet, right, human being, um, albeit very horny, apparently. <laughs> Well, she stated her reason. I mean, uh, yeah. It's valid. It's yeah. valid. Spent two years in a freezer. <laughs> uh, but no, I I definitely think that her character added something. Um, it added something to this movie that I I actually appreciated compared to the the first one. Um, it was something that was different. Obviously, introdu- introducing a new character, but I think. I think they did a pretty good job with her. I think she was a very interesting character to add to the group. She seemed well designed to to be a foil. to move the plot to, along, to poke at each other character and who they were, so that it wasn't just them interacting and totally re- totally copying the first movie. Mm-hmm. Because you had someone who everyone had a reason to kind of dislike or be upset with. I mean, except for Jesse Eisenberg, although also him, he did recognize that she was dumb at yeah. least. I want to touch on the what we were talking about for the T-800. Because they had talked about being rusty. They had, like, settled down in the White House, and so they hadn't really been, you know, really engaged. Right. So, the, um, yeah, and they meet this new chick, and the girls run away, and they decide to get back out on the road because her sister ran away from her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, now, so now the main conf- conflict has been both girls running away, and then they boil it down to one girl running away. And everyone goes to find her, and that's how we end up at this mobile home that they spot off the side right. of the road, which ends up being a trap laid by zombies. Actually, no. I thought that no. at first. I thought that at first too. Were, were we discovering a zombie who was really smart? But I think it was just that it was just a. It was just alarm. It was just a car alarm. It came off to me at first as a trap that was set. That did cross my mind because they talked about the zombies evolving, evolving and changing. Right. So so I thought, oh shit, they set this very alluring looking setup. 
But I think by the time I went through the scene, I did pretty much assume it just happened to be alarm. It just it was yeah. happenstance. Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch that they were all kind of, or at least for Jesse Eisenberg, kind of like being awkward, be like, "Oh yeah, that's right. How, how did we do this before?" He was giving off wrong times at first, but then he slowly progressed into it. I thought that was a good touch. Now I think what could have added more to I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but it's just for this isolated scene um, toward the final scene when they had to fight the onslaught of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. If they had guns in some way, I don't know how you would fit this in, but the sort of impending doom of trying to use guns. I mean, but maybe it could have been a little uh, derivative because it's like, oh, we saw this before. Why should we see this again at the in the final scene? So, like, they're coming. Oh, God. They're, they're coming, <laughs> and they're just unloading. Because the whole point of that introduction of the T-800, right, uh, was that you could keep firing away at them, and they're still going to climb at you. Right. right, and then the the doppelgangers too was the same case. It could be like a last stand kind of thing, right? They did the explosions, they did the car, they somehow had guns. I don't know. So I, but my saying, point was like, if they had guns, it would kind of prolong the sort of intensity for that. Because they, the they do of, pretty much just succeed. Yeah, um, they, there is that moment where it seems like they failed, but it's it's very brief. They mostly their plane goes off without a hitch. But I mean, also that would that would take away from the whole concept that I think is pretty you know it's it's easy, but it's it's a good it's a good trick, which is to say that this place can't have guns. Oh, the strongest zombies that ever existed are coming at this place, which right. means they're in a very they, our heroes are in a very weak position, which which built good tension. I thought it made it like you were like oh sh-. I mean obviously the second that they said they can have guns, you're like that's where the final stand is going to be, and right. <laughs> I agree, though. No, I definitely liked the uh, that scene in particular. It was fun to watch them kind of try to get back into a groove uh, because they just spent a lot of time saying, you know, how much time they had spent safe at the White House, not really doing much. Um, so I can appreciate that they took a moment to kind of note that they may not be quite as efficient killers as they were at the end of the previous Zombieland movie. I think the use of the doppelgangers could have been done... like. Outside of the entertainment sphere, uh, more on like the storytelling aspect, the doppelgangers would be a good form of that as they, the three of them have to kind of work together again. And we kind of saw them not working so well together. They, the idea is like adding more tension, that they're all kind of not against each other, but they're kind of uh, a little rough. Well, you get this little tease that like fake Jesse Eisenberg and fake Woody Harrelson actually are more appreciative are more appreciative more. yeah and no, that's that was, what i wanted that's not on the opposite. really like you sh- you should have your main characters kind of realize that and be even yes i mean well i just hasenberg does say can i wear the hat and he says no, no but like they should fight about it a little bit like see that's what i mean and so when they're actually dealing with the doppelgangers that source of tension is added or layered into the the fight scene which they kind of do because he does get hit in the face um <laughs> and yeah it's just adding more of that I think that would have been a nice touch. I think so. If there was more, you're talking about they they discuss essentially what's just like boiling underneath their their, their relationship becomes something that's involved in that fight scene instead of right. it just being a fight scene instead of it just translate because you just spent yeah. the whole last. Two- I think that was the point though. I think the whole point was the fact that they will never they will never have that like as much as Jesse Eisenberg's character wants it. Like Woody Harrelson will never give him that. So it's again, it's it's the same kind of the same movie a lot in the sense that they just kind of double down on uh, Woody Harrelson's ragging of 
I think you mean they double tapped. Uh, double tapped down, yeah, on uh, on him, you know, razzing him for his certain particular behaviors. But I like I, I like where it got us. Like, it was funny in the first movie. They still kept it funny in this movie. Yeah. Even though it was the same type of razzing, you know, it, it was a little bit different jokes. Uh, so they still landed fine, and I laughed. And I mean, our four leads are all Academy Award nominee, like, <laughs> nominated actors. Um, yeah. I think that's why the movie I think that's one thing that helps the movie succeed is all of the characters are played by really good by really skilled performers. Sorry. Yeah, really, uh, really, really, are they? Even the uh, even the guitar wielding pacifist. Well, I mean the first the four main <laughs> four, four. The, four, the four leads. Um, our our main antagonist of this movie. Right. I uh, thought that was a uh, with with aside that, from the zombies. He. He's he, kind he of like the antagonist. He is an antag. He is an antagonist. I, don't, I guess other than the zombies, I guess if you say it that way, then kind of. <laughs> I mean, well, he's, well, they're they're each. It's they're more each of a, other. They're yeah. each other's antagonists. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Emma Stone is Jesse Eisenberg's antagonist. So and Woody Harrelson is Abigail Breslin's antagonist. Yeah. So yeah. So the the younger sister leaves the group for this hippie guy. What was his name? Berkeley. Uh, Ber- Berkeley. Oh yeah, they're right. They called him Berkeley because. We Although I will from. say that I did. Do I look like someone who smokes weed? Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, look at me. Uh, yeah, all the stereotypical <laughs> jokes that uh, you know. Yeah, Where was, was he good. hiding that bag of weed? I, that I was know, the that funny was part. Gigantic <laughs> bag of weed. That's he just whips it out. <laughs> she would have seen that. Or s- smelled it. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yes. yeah. Do you have any weed? No, you know. Yes, he has a giant bag of it. See, this makes me think of like National Lampoon or like, you know how like Airplane was. It's just a little <laughs> It's just top. like over the top. But that's fine, yeah. And if they had gone with that more so, I think the need for the plot we, would be even less. Would, would, yeah, would, yeah, we wouldn't really need that. Yeah, one. go go super yeah. silly. Just, yeah. just fucking just go, go for it. I think yeah. they could have. I think they could have yeah. with these actors and they could have with this general story. Because I will now pivot a little bit back to something Abigail Breslin's character. She well, she's not super. Imp- I mean, I got her at the beginning, but then when she has that arc where she oh, where she thinks yes, see where she thinks that the hippie guy is fucking a poser and yeah. stuff. Nothing in the movie communicated that Commu- she ever changed her mind at any point, or she didn't believe that. It's just literally, oh, all the characters are back together. She has to be with them now, so she right. just looks. She literally just looks at him and says, "Oh, you're you're a fucking loser." But yeah. it's like. And, but well, can what I, did you see that made you do make you that, think that? See, like, I was going to say that all the 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 heavy this is in air quotes the heavy conflicts were all just loosely interwoven together. Yeah, the main conflict of this entire movie stems from the fact that she is the youngest member of yep. the family, and that she wants to have a semi-normal life, where she gets to also have someone that she can have a relationship with. Uh, like Jesse Eisenberg's character in Emma Stone. And, then, um, and at the end of the movie, she is the only, only character yes. without a significant <laughs> other and perfectly fine with it. Maybe that's growth, though. I mean, the movie doesn't communicate it very super well, but maybe that she realizes that it's not important. It's not actually... Or it's not the most in, or the only important But thing. they don't convey that message they no, they at all, yeah. period. Yeah. I agree, they don't. She literally just... All of the characters... Yeah. All the character growths... Are just, are just super weak, yep. and I, I agree with it. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. It was very formulaic, right? It's just like little plot pieces to put together so it could make the story go from A to B, but there was no actual depth or the, logical flow into it. 
I mean, there was. It was surface level. It was you logical. Like, you could it, just be you, like, all right, I buy you it. That's understood. enough. You don't yeah, have no. to but really. The, yeah. The plot points serve to get you to the next set of jokes. You don't have to. The next yeah, set exactly. of jokes. Yeah. You don't really have to invest Which, yourself into it. Talented actors, often funny. That's fine. Yeah. It was entertaining. It they was were good. really great. Yeah. yeah. All together. Uh, how did this make you feel? So this is now like a movie and a half where we have heard Woody Harrelson's character talk about how much he loves Elvis and like one of the only places that he ever wants to visit is Graceland. And they finally get there and it's completely destroyed. It was a callback to uh, to whatever the, the theme park was. Oh, because they like, got oh. to that theme park and it was completely destroyed? Well, uh, for Columbus, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm going over here. Oh, yeah, that place was totally destroyed. Your right. family's dead. I guess I, I could see that as a as a mirror moment from the first movie. It is also like a lot of the plot points in the movie. I think that everything everything that led to it or everything that left from it was fine because it was funny. But like everything plot yeah. derived from the movie, it means nothing it because means... they then go to a place that's exactly that's like exactly Graceland. Like Graceland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although I will say to... that... Rosario Dawson is wonderful, and I love her always, very much. Always, always. <laughs> How could you not love Rosario? I'm trying to think of like the most recent thing I've seen her in, other than this. She's Daredevil. In, she's in all the Marvel. Oh, series. Daredevil. She's okay, in yeah, almost yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. She's in all yeah, of them except for Punisher. I mean, you had to know they were going to introduce somebody for Woody Harrelson's character yeah. in this movie. Well, see, I think I think in that case though, like you have you have two more veteran actors who, even though their their little romance thing heart kicks up real fast. I believed their weird passion, and it was very entertaining to watch, I thought. I yeah, they're both yeah. mutual weird love for the king. Yeah. <laughs> kind of bringing them together. Well, and then we find, this is where we meet the doppelgangers, though, and we find mm-hmm. out that she also just kind of has a general type. Because <laughs> oh, it's literally... Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> uh, I, for, I always, I always forget Wilson. his name. Yeah, Luke Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. is just Woody Harrelson. I don't think they're talking about driveways. <laughs> 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 repeatedly referring to her her downstairs as a, her as a driveway. Land. Her landing strip. <laughs> her Graceland. Yeah, okay. I like that one. <laughs> what was I going to say? Okay, so with the introduction of, of her character, uh, Nevada, right? Because they had kind of talked about before, again, with like weak plot points, that the idea of what Tallahassee needed was for someone else and to not be so tight with uh, Little Rock. Right. And but again, I don't think the movie really communicated that so well. Like there was no sudden there's no like introspective moment. Not that you really needed it. But it's kind of one of those things where they assume a lot. Yeah. You just like, oh, yeah, because of this. Yeah. Well, you remember from the first movie, his whole thing was he had that story about losing his puppy and it ended up being, you know, his wife and children were, you know, eaten by zombies. So I think there's this thing where he spends, you know, the rest of that movie and most of this movie trying to pretend that he doesn't actually need anyone else. That does kind of play a little weird into him meeting this girl. And then all of a sudden they they kind of have this connection just over Elvis. But they've also spent two movies now making like Elvis is basically his obsession of his life. I also think that just that scene, it's it's either the writing or the acting. Because one of the things that's the problem is that it's like the writer knew you had to hit these points, and these points make sense for a plot, and they make sense for character development, but forgot to show you these emotional things that happen, forgot to show you that this is a real person going through the this. The part that gives it value. And I actually think that even though they connect over Elvis... When he's telling a story about how he fell in love with Elvis and she's watching him, you get a real thing out of that. You get, yeah, you get no, someone. For sure. It's like if, if when you 
someone you you find interesting goes deep into their passions and you find that really endearing like that's something that humans really do do like that if you like someone and they go launch into the story and they're really into it then you actually you become more invested in yeah. you can see, see in yes, her you can that. see in what she does you can see in her face like she's Processing again a very she does actress. a very good yeah. job at at making I mean that she gives scene. him a real yeah. I'm going to fuck you face yeah, yeah the does. whole yeah. Uh, yeah she does my was, temperature is rising yeah <laughs> that was hot <laughs> <laughs> on fahrenheit or celsius scale i i'm going to we're going to start to move into like last points we want to make um, last points I want to make is when they do, when Woody Harrison crushes the skull of the T-800, the first one they encounter, that effect looks really fucking good. So good. <laughs> yeah. yes. But also, uh, just towards the end, I mean, I, I do think, as silly as it is, I do really like how the final battle is set up. It's set up kind of like the Battle of Winterfell or the Battle of Helm's, Helm's Deep, Deep or something yes. like that. Yes. Like saying yeah. Helm's and, Deep. Hey, for zombie movies, there the movie even jokes about it. There have been a lot of them, and yeah. we've seen a lot of things. I'm okay with them, especially when jokingly, sort of pulling in other genres to to express it. Like, hey, this is this is a fantasy war film now right. for some reason. Yeah, uh, it's could it be done better? Probably. But I was really happy to watch it. It was yeah. fun to watch regardless. Yeah. So, like, even though all these little points about, like, structure and plot and uh, regardless, it was still fun to and it was just to, I just mean, to it watch was, it. I mean, it was, you know, it was interesting, too, because, you know, it's a zombie movie. Um, you spend a lot of the movie, you know, zombie shot in the face here, zombie, zombie shot in the face there. Uh, and then you get to the end of this movie and they make it a very, very large point to convey to you that there is literally no weapons available to you at all inside this compound uh and so you you did know going into that point um because you'd seen multiple times by that point this horde of zombies that are kind of making their way that direction right um that there was going to be this this really important moment at the end where they were going to have to rely on something else other than this where is their cachet of guns and ammo to begin with? You mean what in the beginning? Well, I'm just mean like even throughout in, throughout, throughout yeah. the whole they just they only oh, have the minivan and it yeah. doesn't seem. To I have. always feel like Woody Harrelson's like, always carrying it. That giant bag that he has is uh, yeah. I guess uh, he doesn't need clothes, he but they, <laughs> you know. So you know that they're going into this with you know down in the chips, um, and of course it also has to be this community of hippie tree hugging <laughs> and that's a good that's a that's a nice i do like using that in the zombie apocalypse these people who are who are so in love with their own notion of like <laughs> what is important for society it's a nice contrast like hey look the values that some of these people have are important for society but if we if our society collapsed and it was just surviving they're not which goes back to like ted the the moment that you loved which were have you ever fought anything? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And Social injustice. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, that, that is a funny contrast to make. Like, no, no, okay, that might be important in our real world right now, but if you were about to be killed by a post-apocalypse horde of zombies, no, you need to know how to use a fucking gun. You yeah. need to know how to... <laughs> 
there's no amount of typing on a keyboard that's right. gonna <laughs> it, it's funny because like i feel like the same thing happens in the first movie in terms of like like for the first two acts story-wise it's stronger and then the third act it just it just kind of goes you know falls to the wall um because i mean like, by then they've they've entrapped you in the movie I yeah mean, you've and made it you've like, made it to that point part. you yeah. know it's just you're along for the ride yeah yeah, yeah. um and just enough because yeah it's like how do you have how do you get to a community that's been surviving a how zombie have they been a zombie apocalypse for 10 years actually without... you, can, you can actually get into that because their their community was fine it was completely barricaded not just by walls that could be knocked over but by boxcars which are thick and double stacked and also it seemed like they mostly lived on the top of a tower which yeah. means if you had done nothing to those hordes of zombies running at you you probably would have been fine you probably just could have waited them out but <laughs> why but, it, why was it just like a barren wasteland around the area right why was the tower there if, why know, was it and if this is the first hotel time, it's I've not been to, the I've first been to hotels time. that are kind of yeah and a hotel in the middle of nowhere. Well, I've been, that... I've, I think I've been. I've, I've actually literally yeah. been to a tower hotel <laughs> that is kind of in the middle of nowhere because it's it's supposed to be. It was like outside of a city, just a little bit at least. So it's that... still though. Yeah. You're, you're telling like this is my thing. They they have already established in this movie that the, the post apocalyptic has been several years. Yeah. You're telling me that every single person that has chanced upon that place. One, has been a young person. They Two, would've... has been a, a hippie and willingly not attempted to try to take over the compound. They with... would have died before they got to the compound. Yeah. These types of people and or they would have like... The compound would have had its own problems. I mean, if you want to go into the 10 years since the apocalypse, there's a lot of problems yeah. with the movie. And that's yeah. kind of my point with the original Zombieland. When they get to the theme park and that everything they go on is just like in pristine shape. Right. I'm just going to quickly touch on water going through dams is not an explanation to how the power grid would still work 10 years later. Um, <laughs> they uh, did expressly say that. Just uh, ignore it. Just don't say anything at all. Yeah, yeah. Just, because yeah. I will buy into it because this movie is weird anyway. Yeah. Don't try to explain it because now I'm questioning it. Right. That's yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I, I did kind of think like, well, there really wouldn't be any power and like no. shit like that. But like, I didn't really care. But you don't care. Yeah. But then they so made an express... <laughs> attempt to tell me why the power was on i was like okay yeah no i agree it's like it's the movie is a type of movie with a tone that you don't care it's fine it's fine that there's power but the moment that you try to apply logic to it i'm going to apply logic to it and call you on your shit and that was the case where they should have gone like oh sorry i was going to use a tropic thunder thing um they should have gone we talked for like an hour about tropic thunder before this They should have gone fully into like how Airplane did its movie. Just goofy, just, just really goofy, goofy, yeah. goofy, goofy. Yeah, I mean that was my thing. This movie is just a movie that's made up of a bunch of individual scenes that are the writer's best attempt to make you laugh. Yeah. Um. Therefore, yeah, I mean, just just go with it. Right, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Like if if you enjoyed Zombieland, you're probably gonna enjoy this movie. I kind of want to draw a comparison. That's uh to the synopsis I made for Left 4 Dead. Everyone's played Left 4 Dead, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Great game series. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's pretty much the same thing because they introduced the the newer the newer zombies, which is like the Ninja, oh, right. uh, the Homer, and <laughs> the Hawking, right? right. Cla- and then, zombie, yeah. zombie, zombie classes. classes. And then yeah. they also had a last stand again where it's like we have to build a wall. Because right. like, when you do the game, like if you do a campaign, the last one is like you're, one. Yeah, you're you held up in one area. Of zombies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. yeah. No, I, I totally get it. 
I didn't quite get your synopsis at first. Like I, I got it because it's Left 4 Dead. I played Left 4 Dead, and I was like, oh yeah, I don't know, it's definitely, definitely like that. But now it's a lot more clear. Like you're, you are exactly right. Yeah, it's four characters exactly. I really like that. I like. I mean, it's one of those things where okay, we get further and further away from what zombies are supposed to be. But also, you know what? We have hundreds of zombies movies. Why not do something different? Do something Why fun. not? Yeah, give yeah. us give us different types, and they they evolve, which makes no sense. But that's fine because they're cooler now. Yeah, um, I'm on board with that. And then we we have this thing that was set up earlier in the movie where Woody Harrelson goes off on this whole rant about his. Uh, his heritage of being part Native American, and he goes off on this really weird story about how his people would, you know, chase buffaloes off cliffs. And it's really dumbed down because Jesse Eisenberg's character kind of like, oh God, he's just rambling again. And there's this whole scene of him like slowly slinking away as Woody Harrelson talks to himself. And it's really played down. I do kind of appreciate that they brought that back in a weird. That was a good. End. That yeah. was good. That was a good. Run. That was a good. <laughs> Although the idea him. itself is absolutely absurd. I here the only problem I have with that scene because I I do, when I realized what they were doing I was like that is pretty clever I like that <laughs> yeah I just wish he swung back. Look anyway. if your if your voiceover is he made the ultimate sacrifice. And yeah, you're theoretically, that a character who is afterward. Yeah, then he made the actual. Then you don't say because you know you're Jesse Eisenberg. You know what happened. He didn't make the ultimate. He did no sacrifices <laughs> made. Um, that's the only thing that bothered me. I, I thought got... that was very clever. That, that you're right. It was something that seemed like a silly joke early on that wasn't going to mean anything, but it actually was it the, the solution. To the, the solution problem. to the yeah. problem. Yeah. I mean, he did take a sacrifice. He, you know, he took a nut tap with a hat. <laughs> he took a nut tap with a hat. He did. He did. Listen, we should really take sack on sack violence seriously. <laughs> Final thoughts here because we're yeah. I mean, we've touched on most of everything. I mean, that they have that final moment where there's this tower in the hippie village, and they lure all the zombies up the tower, and then herd them like um, lemmings. Lemmings is the yeah the just, yeah. buffalo yeah but buffalo <laughs> buffalo yeah but lemmings uh, the video game you're thinking of. but yeah but yeah. basically you know they just lemming they all yeah. chase Woody Harrelson off the edge of this building and just plummet to their death uh, and then there's a big yay and then our characters somehow magically find Elvis's car. And drive away into the sunset. Yeah, it's, I mean that that final scene is another example of like, hey, it just works for no reason and also family when home was inside us the whole time home, yeah, oh, the yeah. man, the when man. he said the the last line jesse eisenberg was like oh no we're we're already home fuck off <laughs> your home is in elvis's car here's the here's the thing is that <laughs> no. like i get the theme of the movie it's fine yeah, you don't it's like fine. yeah just she can just lean her head into you and just oh, drive off they're a family just drive off like into the sunset I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and also, humans don't speak that way. Um, I mean, the only reason it's believable is because Jesse Eisenberg's character says it. That and... is fair enough. He is awkward <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, okay. He's, he's yeah, the one he is. Yeah. His character might actually say that. You are right. You, if you liked Zombieland 1... Go see this movie. You will probably have just as much fun. There's an after scene. Stay for oh, the yeah. after Bill scene. Bill fucking Murray. Bill Murray's back for the after movie. scene. So stay for the after scene. We're not. I, I, I won't spoil the after scene. No, it probably you shouldn't talk about it because no. 
it unfolds. Well, you know, <laughs> I like it a lot. Well, it's, it's, the after scene might be one of my favorite parts other than... <laughs> okay, I'm just going to mention this because in the movie theater, I literally physically reacted to this scene. Do you remember, Ted? Do you remember the scene in the car where Woody Harrelson slams on the brakes and the blonde girl's oh, character yeah, goes, goes face first into the dashboard? <laughs> I lost it. That was that was my favorite part of the movie. I thought I was going to cry. Nick spread his hands out as if we were all going to crash. I did. I did that parent thing, like when people get it, like stop real quick and they reach their arms out to like protect their passengers. <laughs> I totally did that. Oh man. <laughs> But the the ending scene with Bill Murray is definitely a close second. It's a good, it's a good one. Yeah, I liked it. It's definitely, it's definitely worth watching. Just, just know there's not that much depth, but it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable. Fun. And you know what? Movies that are fun and enjoyable are very important movies sometimes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for us today. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to visit us at characterarc.net for future episodes, or you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you you know you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also on my phone. That's where I listen to them. Ted. <laughs> you can also follow us, like us, share us, subscribe on Facebook at Character Arc, also at, on Instagram at Character Arc. You can also find Nick Slake. Thank you so much for being a guest today, and also. You might be able to find him at Character Arc on Facebook and Instagram and all those feeds on our Dungeons and Dragons play podcast, Character Arcana. So please check that out. Nick plays Mendel Sands. Mendel. Absolutely. I am Mendel Sands. I am the war priest and the barbarian beast. Ted and I are also on that cast, but also, Nick, where else can people find you? I mean, you can just check out my Instagram. Um, it's at blurryvision88. I was going to plug the the character Arcana D and D podcast, but you fucking did that for me. That's blurry underscore vision eighty eight. There is an underscore in know there, your but own fucking Twitter, <laughs> <or> Instagram, <laughs> <handle>. my Instagram. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Yep, thank you guys. <laughs>